Namaste and welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast where we are exploring the mystical in the mundane and the magic in the present moment, bringing you ancient tools and technologies into modern day living, yoga, mythic, and healing conversations with expert and visionary powerhouses sharing their stories and secrets with you to help you live an inspired life. My name is Kilkenny, the host of the Modern Mystic Podcast, and today on the Soulcast, I'm going to be speaking and sharing about the solar plexus chakra. The poet Rumi said, don't be satisfied with stories, how things have gone with others. Unfold your own myth. Unfold your own myth unfold your own myth. And there is no better quote that embodies the third chakra, which is in our solar plexus area, I think, than this. Why, you ask? Because it refers to the remembrance that our life's journey is epic, like a myth and many spiritual paths and traditions I love Hold this understanding that you are the hero and heroine of your own story. So take that idea in, open up to this idea and flirt with it a little bit. It can be life altering. Life may at times, you know, seem mundane and monotonous. And this is the human experience of us all collectively for sure. Yet this chakra is all about the practices and this very remembrance that we have to remember to plant seeds for our own happiness and tend to that garden of joy ourselves. If we are depending upon outside things, people, circumstances to make us happy, quote unquote, and feel complete, quote unquote, we will most certainly indubitably be disappointed, hands down. So learning and working with this chakra reminds us that the truth is that feeling centered and being totally present in our own full power is an inside job. And that when we are fully established in our own sovereignty, in our queendom, in our kingdom, in our theydom, then we are really sovereign over our entire lives. And living from this illumined and robust place, we really do give permission for others to do the same. For some folks, this chakra has to do with managing one's ego. And for some of us, it is about developing our own ego in an aligned way. So ego, I feel like in a lot of different traditions, including Western psychological understandings, can often get a bad rap. But in the main squeeze tradition of Tantra yoga, which is my lineage and one of them, the ego is not considered necessarily something at all of a bad thing or something to eradicate because the understanding is we really need our healthy ego's identity to clarify for us, who am I and who are you? We need to be able to distinguish between the other and ourselves and to know how to maintain clear boundaries to navigate this life in skillful ways and also to make a difference in this world. Now, I'm going to talk about this when I go into more details about chakra deficiencies and chakra excesses specific to this particular chakra and about aspiring to balance this chakra and how to do so, like I have in all the other episodes thus far within ourselves. Because with this chakra, some of us mystic slash spiritual slash psychologically more oriented types like myself who have hung out in various spiritual communities and you know mystical 
gatherings or you know, even mindfulness events have surely met the person who is like, it's all one and everyone is one and there's no difference between you and me. And while on one level of reality, this is very true. And so I'm not trying to minimize this understanding. I believe and feel this understanding very deeply at the core of my being. However, in addition to that being an important teaching to practice and imbue at times, and I will discuss really how to do so in my upcoming chakra episodes to come. I still have the fourth through the seventh chakra to go, but there is the aforementioned person who is talking about the oneness of everyone and of everything and maybe hugging people inappropriately because of that or following people around, which has definitely happened to me, which starts to feel like spiritual stalking. And, you know, things most of us recognize as inappropriate behaviors if this understanding is out of alignment and this chakra is not in balance within this example of a person. And so while I am elucidating thoughts, teachings, and practices regarding each chakra, please know that there is the refined layering in of each chakra's wisdom to the folds of oneself all happening at once. And so spiritual and psychological maturation is this understanding and eventually dexterity that the embodied practice of bringing more balance and harmony to these chakras is exercising and refining boundaries while seeing the oneness of everyone and that they aren't mutually exclusive and can be happening in tandem at once. If you haven't listened to my chakra overview episode yet and want to know what chakras are exactly and what their function is, definitely go back and listen to episode 16, Chakras, the Rainbow Bridge Inside of You, which I've gotten great feedback about and a lot of aha moments. Meanwhile, this solar plexus chakra contains the word solar, which of course refers to the sun. Surya is the Sanskrit name for the sun. I love that word so much. And chakras are midwife from the Indian tradition. So that's why I'll refer to and honor the languaging of them in this way. The word for this chakra in Sanskrit is called Manipura. And it's derived from two words. Mani, sometimes translated as jewel, and Pura, sometimes translated as city. So sometimes you'll hear it's called the city of jewels. In the Tibetan tradition, interestingly enough, it's known as Mani Padma. Padma means lotus. So the city of lotuses is one other translation. And last translation, which I love, is lustrous power, the seat of power. And in the yoga tradition, which is inextricably connected to the chakra system, there's this understanding of doing poses and taking our seat. The word for posture in yoga is asana, and it literally means to take your seat. So every time you do a yoga pose, if you practice yoga, or when you watch someone practicing or see them practicing yoga, which these days is everywhere on yoga commercials and <laughs> dog food commercials, you'll see the poses which are literally taking a seat and then taking a seat and then taking a seat. And with this chakra, there is the understanding that it is about claiming our seat. It is about claiming our throne. And just like with the English semantics, I mentioned solar plexus, solar, this chakra is the center of dynamicism, the center of our willpower, discipline, achievement, and even baseline life force energy. It's often compared to the dazzling power of heat and of the sun, which out 
which our life on earth would just not exist. And in the same way, how the sun continually radiates energy on the planets, Manipura chakra really distributes pranic energy. Pranic energy means life force energy throughout the entire human framework. It regulates and energizes the various activities of things like our organ systems and all of the different processes of life, our respiratory system. When this chakra is deficient, it's reflection of energy is more like little embers of a waning campfire rather than a powerful blaze of a bonfire when it would be in balance and healthy. With an imbalanced Manipura chakra, life could feel depressing. We could feel lifeless if we have a deficiency of energy, or maybe we just have poor overall health, maybe lack of motivation, Procrastination tendencies, even the desire perhaps to live is waning or at a low. The awakening and development of this chakra, the healing of this chakra is such an important aspect of living life to its fullest and also to feeling like we have access to our full energy capacity. So this chakra is located behind the navel on the inner wall of the spinal column. And it not only supplies our vital force, pranic energy, as I mentioned, it also controls our digestive energies and the regulation of heat within our body. So if we feel cold a lot or we feel overheated, this would be symptomatic of something going on perhaps in this chakra. And you might explore that. It is symbolized by a 10-petaled, bright, golden, yellow-esque flower. And in the center of it is an inverted red triangle that looks fiery. And it symbolizes the rising sun and how this chakra is associated with the element of fire itself. In some yoga traditions, the kundalini shakti energy, which is the energy of our spiritual selves, the aspect and one aspect of energy that awakens within us and sets us on the mystic path when our soul is said karmically ready to do so. The first two chakras, the first one really is considered the seat of the spiritual energy called kundalini. And the second chakra is the abode, it's said in a lot of traditions, where it lives. Yet the third, this Manipura chakra, is where the energy takes place. And as I mentioned, claims its seat. When we claim our seat, right, our spines get tall, we get erect. And it is said our spiritual energy, when this chakra is activated and focused on, then has that verticality and power to travel up to the four remaining chakras through the crown of the head on this journey of evolution and enlightenment. It is also understood that we are living primarily from our primitive selves, and quote-unquote more base or basic human tendencies when we are very much focused on the first two chakras. They're so important. It's so important to be in touch with those, to be a fully integrated, awakened being. But this energy lays dormant, it says, this kundalini shakti spiritual energy for many lifetimes. But when it starts to awaken... And the Shaktipat experience happens, which is the name Shaktipat for the awakening of this energy. And it rises up to Manipura. It's considered the beginning of when as a human being in that lifetime, you get a glimpse of what is truly possible for you in the way of your psychological development, in the way of your spiritual development. One, it's said, is really finally able to see or understand that there are multiple states of consciousness. There are multiple perspectives in our human life, in our 
physical bodies in and on the waves of consciousness within our minds that our soul can visit. And it's said, as I mentioned, to be this gateway onto the higher up chakras, which are often called the higher mind realms. And really, in some ways, this chakra is like an initiation, an initiatory place to live and to land within ourselves as we embark on this journey towards enlightenment. So like in my previous Soulcast episodes on chakras, I'd like to go into some nitty-gritty details to share with you, and then we can go more philosophical and conceptual and ultimately practical with these understandings. As I mentioned, and you're welcome now to touch this area of your body if it feels safe for you to do so, right on the belly, the navel. And see if you can start to simply turn your attention to the flow of your breathing with awareness and feel the belly breathing. And notice on the inhale, is the belly moving forward or is that on the exhale? You might, if it's comfortable and safe for you, to start to inhale and feel the belly move forward. It's called belly breathing. And then exhale, feel the belly move in towards the spine. Do this a few times and notice what it feels like to feel into this area of your city of jewels or lustrous seat of power. This chakra is associated with the basic right to act, to have enough freedom, and to not just follow in other people's footsteps, like the quote I mentioned earlier of making your own myth and letting go of other people's stories. Sometimes those stories are told to us subliminally in our societal messaging, and sometimes they're the stories, right, that our MP3s in our mind from our families and our parents, strictures. Psychologically, it's about power. And I mentioned it being associated with that element of fire. And it's about the power of aspiring to transform, to evolve, the desire, the will to be full of drive, and also a lot about confidence. If you think of taking one's throne, right, you have to be confident to do that and to know your own worth and power and like any phenomenal ruler of a land, is invested in the people, but from a place of knowing their own intrinsic power that they can leverage and utilize for the good of the whole. It starts from within, taking that seat, giving yourself that coronation, and then radiating out from there. It's a transformative energy, an alchemizing energy in this chakra when activated. I mentioned the color of the chakra being yellow, like a yellowy, golden, bright yellow. And yellow is faster than orange and red, vibratorily speaking. The other two chakras that we've mentioned, the first and second. And this chakra is really begun to develop in a child around 18 months through four years. And this is a period of time. If you have kids this age or you have little beings in your life and you've been around them at this age, there's a lot of attempted autonomy. You know, there's the old-fashioned expression like the terrible twos. And then when my kids were babies, it became the, the troublesome threes, I think. But it's all about willpower. And it's not trouble at all. It's all about the development of one's autonomy and one's sense of self with the capital S. Development of language, you know, at this age allows the child to also conceive time in terms of cause and in terms of effect. And and things like, you know, oh, if I eat my vegetables, then I'm allowed to get dessert. So things like that, like the cause and effect. Consciousness really, really sets in and the understanding of that. 
a child, you know, in general is naturally, understandably, and healthily self-centered in this time as they explore their own sense of power. And they need to be able to do this. It's important for them to have their sense of autonomy balanced harmoniously with the will of others. But the sense of self first, like taking your throne first, like putting your oxygen mask on a falling airplane first, is then what makes us powerful and effective enough to support others. So it's all about the formation of the ego identity. And breaking a kid's will at this age formation is really damaging. Allowing a child to have excessive control, however, conversely, is really, really damaging. So I'll get into that a little bit more. And it's important to note that really difficulties during any of these crucial developmental chakra stages, the first chakra, the second chakra, this chakra, the third, will affect the development of other chakras. So for example, like with this chakra, if your sense of power was not supported and cultivated as a child, then it will affect their ability to potentially have, you know, intuitive guidance and, and even psychic abilities later on. So they definitely work in tandem together. In adult development, individuation process liberates us from conforming to expectations of our parents, as I mentioned, of culture, or even friends. And we develop this chakra, and I've mentioned this on the other podcast, but it, it begs to mention it if this is the first time you're hearing these episodes or a refresher for those listening. With chakras, we develop them as kids. And then when we get to full-fledged adulthood, we go back and develop them as adults from a different vantage point. So when we are able to really free ourselves from conforming to other people's myths and stories, that's when we really begin to live our most authentic lives and really feel like the sovereign that we are. Triggers for this chakra often would be meaningless jobs or Perhaps being in a relationship where the expectation of another person is not so healthy or we're defined by how they want us to be and we allow that dynamic. When we make our way in the world and, and develop our career and really build our skills to meet challenges, this is really great for this time of adult development in this chakra sometimes political involvement or involvement with spiritual groups or recovery groups can be fabulous to help really build that sense of self-esteem. When this chakra is misaligned, this individual would really be focused on and hyper about having power over others. And when this chakra is in alignment, then the individual seeks power with others. The chakra challenge, I like to, to coin it, um, of this chakra is shame. Shame, which is the opposite of empowerment. So a stressor or trauma for this chakra would be shaming or like volatile situations. If you've experienced a domination of your will, such as physical abuse, if you've been in dangerous environments or ever had to experience fear of corporal punishment. Another thing that would have impacted you from a childhood standpoint, if you were parentified, if you had responsibilities that weren't really appropriate for the age that you were given them, or if you were parentified, just, you know, your parents coming to you with their emotional challenges or problems, not healthy boundaries. Sometimes we can inherit shame from our parents, and this is real. And so healing this chakra would be really working with shame and going deep with that shadow work that's so profound. With those stressors, one could ultimately have an excess in this chakra. An excess is like too much energy, just like it sounds. A bully who's insecure and dominates others, right? Someone who's over-aggressive, 
dominating or controlling. Someone who needs to always be right. Have you been with that person? Or always, always, always has the last word. That would be an imbalance in this chakra. Manipulation. Power hungry. Deceit. Attraction to sedatives. And someone who is prone to temper tantrums, even as an adult, outbursts, stubbornness, or a driving kind of type A ambition would have an excess in this chakra. Someone who's really competitive and arrogant and kind of hyperactive is another telltale sign. Or if you have these tendencies, then this is the way we heal things, right? To look and learn about our tendencies because there's so many ways to bring this chakra into balance. One way to do that would be to serve others and not take credit for your work, like organizing a fundraiser or volunteering at a soup kitchen or doing something for the greater good in the community and not even getting credit for it, not even telling anyone you did it or not you know, having a lot of attention drawn to yourself for it. Always psychotherapy, as I mentioned, shadow work, so fabulous to release anger. And sacred circles and spaces are really important work and can be profound with the right person and the right guide who can hold safe space for anger. So often in our society, anger is something that I think is particularly in, in the way of females, not always, of course, but I talked about in my second chakra episode how often there's the notion with the second chakra shadow of boys or men, you know, shouldn't or don't cry. And I feel like the shadow of the feminine is in this chakra of anger, right? Like as a kid and even in society, females being angry is something that isn't really talked about, supported. You might have felt like an outcast if you were as a kid. It's unbecoming or not really feminine. And so the really, really healthy ways to release anger, so many small ways like punching pillows or boxing, you know, with gloves and yelling in a sacred, safe space, allowing yourself or being allowed to yell and maybe even howl, maybe even roar. And so if this is something that you feel like is repressed and lives within you, and when I'm saying this, you're feeling like you respond to, definitely look into those situations and guides and people and places that you can express healthy anger. Working on shame issues. So compassionate meditation techniques, karuna, compassion, so important. So many great mindfulness-led meditations in this world that are free you can look up, but focusing on that. And of course, learning nonviolent communication resolution techniques. There are books on nonviolent communication, and it's a really beautiful path of mindful speaking and speech. Taking pauses throughout the day to rest and learning to channel anger sometimes through laughing more can be a great way to disperse an excess energy. And things like if your body can do it and you feel moved, sit-ups, ab work, particularly in the yoga world, it's that, that central area where it lives, can be very wonderful for healing this area. And if a person feels deficient in this area, then they might feel powerless. Deficiency would be like what it sounds like, less energy in this chakra. And so you want to blossom this chakra up and out. So as someone who would like avoid conflict, no matter what, every effort just to avoid any tension, low energy distribution within one's body I mentioned before, maybe a weak will and easily manipulated, poor self-discipline and low self-esteem or being gullible, poor digestion and collapsed midsection of the body can even be a physical manifestation of a deficiency in this chakra. Victim mentality, someone who's always the victim in any situation or many situations when they tell you a story about their life, or simply passiveness. So again, physical work, sit-ups and ab work can help this area if that's safe for you to do and comfortable. Healing this area could look like taking up a martial art or riding a horse or just anything that would make a person feel in control and powerful. 
it could be for some people taking a little bit of a risk, like bungee jumping or something, you know, that obviously is monitored, but nonetheless, that could help the real willingness to take a leap of faith and trust in a sort of safe and regulated way would be a great thing to do. Could be smaller, like getting a new haircut, the belly breathing I mentioned we did a little bit earlier is phenomenal and always accessible. And if anyone stepped on your toes, just let them know immediately, not letting it wait. Doesn't have to be a big deal, but really speaking up and out for yourself in that way. Psychotherapy, shadow work also supports in deficiency because it builds strength. It builds our ego strength, our will. And if you have kids who you feel like might have a little bit of a deficiency, you know, giving them more autonomy, more freedom, things like when they're appropriate and responsible, letting them build fires while you watch them, but still letting them take over that. Meditating on a fire or candle or both. And bringing anything yellow and that yellowy, bright, goldish into your life. <laughs> In the way of plant medicine, basil and ginger, cinnamon and lemongrass are all considered oils and things you can work with to support this chakra. In the way of rocks and gems, topaz, citrine, and tiger's eye. <laughs> In the land of yoga, the goddess Kali, Kali Ma, is associated with this chakra. She's this beautiful and wrathful and wild mother goddess or Gaia, the earth goddess, the really unleashed energy. She's very much in touch with her anger and expressing it. And whether we're identified as female or male or they, them, it all can be known that they all live within us, these archetypes, and you can focus and get a picture, or start to chant Kali um, or sing Kali and um, invoke her archetype within yourself and wake her up. Affirmations that are powerful, I always want to share, but I do want to share it first, as always. Things that one might think if that chakra is imbalanced. So see if any of these land for you. If you often feel powerless to change your circumstances and you think, I can't, I can't get a new job, I can't get a new lover, I can't get a new house. If you have a tendency to give your power over to others and put yourself second. Often this leads to feeling resentful later on, feeling a little passive aggressive even. Notice that. Does that come up for you often? If you're afraid of power or if you see powerful people and you feel shy or repulsed by their power, particularly ones who are doing good in the world. So in the way of affirmations, because I'm so much a lover of the power of language, which I have experienced to be so true and real, you could say to yourself, and even take like a football stance if it's comfortable for you, or if not, you can sit on a chair, but take your feet nice and wide, feel that floor beneath you. And you could belly breathe, and you could repeat, and you can repeat after me right now even. I honor the power within me. I accomplish tasks easily and effortlessly. The fire within me burns through all my blocks and fear. Whatever I want to do, I can do. Another practice to heal this chakra is to repeat the Sanskrit seed mantra of this chakra, which is Ram. So the mantra just means mind tool the mind tool for this chakra to create balance, whether you have an excess or a deficiency, or maybe you just want to, again, blossom this chakra, take it to the next level, Ram. You could repeat Ram. You can look on Spotify for Ram chants or simply say Ram 10 times to represent the 10 petals on the flower of the energetic lotus jewel within you. 
of this chakra. <laughs> There's also kriyas, kriyas that you can do. Kriya is just like an exercise that you can do called Agnisar. You can look that up, which consists of panting and coordinating your respiration with your breath. So if you don't have babies in your belly and hypertension and eye issues and things like that, you can, you can check that out and, and really explore that with someone who could support you in a safe way to do that if you've never done it, but it's fabulous as well. So as I've alluded to already, this chakra is so much about power. And if we're trying to get people to act like we want them to, we ever try to do that? <laughs> then we know in relationships, hopefully, and hopefully, dear ones, we're learning more and more that this is an impossible order and not really healthy. What about living your truth? Are you living your truth? Are you living your truth? I'd invite you to ask yourself that in a quiet space or maybe write it down on a sticky note and really contemplate that. Are you absolutely being honest with yourself about it no matter what? This chakra also is associated with imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is if you are in a role in your life, it could be your work, a job, or simply doing an activity, even like a volunteer position, and you feel like you're literally posing and you don't feel good enough and you feel like you're playing a role, but nobody realizes that you actually aren't that good and you kind of suck at it, but you're just like trying and you could feel like you're going to get caught or you just feel embarrassed, but really not stepping into your own greatness really shying away from certain work or things you want to do in this world because you feel like an imposter and that you don't have that potential to do it. And dear one, this is the remembrance that you are the queen. You are the king. You are the sovereign fill in the blank. And when we can claim that then other people actually benefit as a just and good ruler sourced in yourself. Until you are living your truth, it's literally near impossible to feel levity and lightness, joy that is your birthright, because truth really is a reflection of source, energy, until you're embodying your truth, it's hard to be a conduit and a holder of pure source energy. We can't be a direct emanation of universal energy. There's this energy in the universe, right? That's all replenishing and all inspiring. And if we're not embodying our truth, we block that energy, that access to it. And if you're not, it's okay. It's so normal. It's so human. But do whatever it takes to get you there that's in alignment with your truth. Do whatever it takes to discover your truth, your greatness, and the real sovereignty of who you are. I mentioned anger a little bit ago, and I want to talk about that a little bit more. As I mentioned, I feel like often it's associated and squelched within females in our society here in the West, but anger in the yoga tradition that I practice and study is considered one of the basic emotions, the fundamental common denominator emotions that is actually sacred. They're called the rasas, the nine main experiences of human emotion that we have. I have an episode with the brilliant Sianna Sherman on myth, story, and working with our emotions. I think that's episode four. And she goes into the details of the rasas, the nine flavors. And sacred anger is one of them. And it has to do with this chakra because when we're feeling angry, right? We can be experiencing anger and giving off anger 
from a place that's blocked, that's closed, that's so contracted and not helpful and not productive and not healing. However, sacred anger is something that is worth exploring. I mentioned some brief ideas about how one can explore it. But if you notice when I'm talking about anger and you're like, ah, and you're shying away or feeling resistant, then that might be something to explore for yourself. If you've grown up in a family or you're in a any kind of friendship, relationship with people or a person who's saying like, don't, don't be angry. Like the, the reaction right away is, oh, like anger as if it's a bad thing all the time, then that would be something to think about and explore for yourself and find avenues where you can be in relationship and a dance with your own sacred anger. I mean, look at society around us. There is a lot to be angry about. And when we can really leverage our anger in the way of sacredity, we can use it for power, for goodness, for change, for self-development, for self-knowing, for alchemizing and up-leveling all of our relationships. And it's such a gift to see role models and be gifted people that one admires using anger as a tool. And I, I'm really blessed that I had a meditation teacher who at times would get angry. As a child, I saw this. And I was always really amazed because I noticed right away, as you can be, you know, as a kid, really open, and I think down the wisdom pretty fast, that I would see her being like really angry and irate at some people. And then very quickly, she would turn and act very differently and be in a, an emotional state, osmotically, I could feel it, that wasn't that of anger at all. And I think it's a worthwhile thing to explore within yourself is that when you're angry, like what does that anger feel like? Is it burning you so much inside? And how quickly can you shift states? Because sacred anger, at least as I've experienced it in my own body, I can feel really angry and my front body still feels really open. I can feel really like almost soft in my eyes. I can feel grounded in the earth. And when I really feel like it's sacred, I also notice that I can also shift to other states when I'm out of a situation or with someone else pretty quickly and the heart isn't closed off at all during any of it. And so... I really feel like sacred anger can and is connected to the truth, the truth that certain things have to be changed. People have to up-level. Ourselves have to evolve. And it takes fire. It takes sacred alchemy. Certain people, they've crossed your boundaries. They have to be told, this is something I'm still working on. And then we also have to look with humility in ourselves if we've crossed other sacred boundaries and how can we add compassion and acceptance, which are more I think of as like watery qualities to balance the fire of anger. And this is how we work with embodying the elements. I notice so often I hear women apologizing and I've noticed this tendency in myself and this is another growth edge why are women always apologizing? Stop apologizing when you don't need to be apologizing, which is if you look at many women in your life or listen, a lot of the time. <laughs> Chiron in the Western astrology land is a comet. And Chiron is associated with its erratic orbit so it's associated a bit with this chakra because, you know, anger can feel a little bit erratic. Boundaries can feel elusive and craggy. And if you look at a map, like they're so random and, and there's no, you know, linear kind of shape to them. So Chiron represents, if you're into astrology and your chart, our deepest wound and our efforts to heal this wound. Chiron was a, a great Greek teacher and healer who 
trained all the greats, Achilles and all these wonderful healers and warriors and was so esteemed. And ironically, towards the end of his life, he wasn't able to heal himself, though he was immortal, though he had all these gifts from the gods and goddesses. And ultimately, he was wounded and couldn't heal himself and then begged for mortality, which is such a beautiful teaching to me how the boundary of our mortality, right? That's life's boundary that it's set for us, death, accelerates our quest to heal ourselves, to become our own healer. If we're doing the spiritual and psychological work worth doing, it said this area of our astrological chart, our natal chart, points to where we have our healing powers as a result of having a deep wound. And this is the power of fire and alchemy. And this is associated with this chakra. The ability to heal through facing the fire, through being with fire, through being brave enough to withstand the heat of fire and the illumination of the sunrise of consciousness. It's also associated in Western astrology with the signs of Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. And it's connected to the day of the week, Sunday, the sun, and all the solar energies and influences and illusions I mentioned earlier. This chakra, in my mind at least, is often about responsibility, I feel like, versus control. And the sometimes inverse relationship between these two concepts. Like sometimes controlling our behavior, whether we direct this at ourselves or others' behavior, can often conceal our unconscious responsibilities that must be owned if the controlling patterns and tendencies of ourselves and others are to be fully healed. Like for example, if you struggle with micromanaging, your exercise, your diet, obsessing about these things or trying to control things about someone else in these micro kind of day-to-day habitual things that someone else does who's close to you. These could be a concealment of your need to own your emotions and embodied experiences So you hyper-control factors like how much to eat, when to exercise, or that of others instead of really being brave enough or even just conscious enough. Maybe you just don't realize they're connected and that's okay to explore those messier feelings surrounded by these food exercise choices or surrounded by this person that you're trying to really exercise your power and influence. And so I'd invite you, if any of this resonates for you as patterns of yours, to consider getting curious about which aspects of life you feel are controlled, which aspects of life you're trying to manipulate in some way, in an over-the-top way, and see if you can think about what it would be to loosen the reins on that and See if you can be present to and explore what feelings come up when you think about loosening those reins, and they might be breadcrumbs towards healing this tendency or a beginning to take steps to do so. So often, I feel like with all the chakras, art can be such a portal where we can put our brokenness, our pain into, you know, for really since time immemorial. Humans have been creating things when life was so simple with the cave paintings and we were living with the cycles of nature and, you know, crafting our bowls and crafting the tools that we used and the clothes that we wore. There was so much artistic expression. And so I definitely encourage everyone to explore perhaps healing this chakra or working with one's anger or working towards having more boundaries, less boundaries, healthy boundaries through an art form of your choice. For art really can be profound places where we put our pain, 
There are portals where we can lay down our pain in their cauldron and heat them up with the alchemization forces of our awareness. The great writer Edith Wharton said, there are two ways of spreading light, to be the candle or the mirror that reflects it. (laughs) I love this quote. It's one of my favorites. And so you might have a lot of fiery energy in you already. Or you might be a more reflective person with whom others find their glow in. And so I invite you right now to take a moment, and if it's safe to do so and you're not driving, you can close the eyes, or you can stare at a point in front of you and just sense what I'm about to say. Turn to your breathing and one more time direct your breath into the region of the navel, that belly breathing. And if it's comfortable, you can inhale, feel the navel expand forward on that inhalation. And exhale, feel it moving in towards the spine where the Manipura Chakra, the solar plexus energy center, traverses and abides. Then as you breathe, sense this area and notice its heat, warm, yellow like the sun. Sense or see if you can get any sort of feeling of your temperature rising due to the breath being focused in this area. And then begin to picture, and it's your choice today, either a candle and its yellow flame, a campfire burning brightly on some logs, or maybe a bonfire with its flames dancing towards the sky. And with each belly breath, simply keep redirecting your focus and attention to sensing or visualizing this flame. Notice once again, do you feel any sensations of temperature? Focus in so you feel secure, but close to this flame. And with each breath, as you're present to this flame, notice the patterns that the tip or tips are making of the flame. Notice the subtleties and gradation of warm colors within the flame. Feel the glow and warmth, the life-sustaining support and guidance of this flame. And then for the last few breaths, see with your intention if you can steady this flame by staring at it, by focusing on it. With each belly breath, notice the verticality of it up and down as the flame steadies more and more with each ensuing inhalation and exhalation. And 
There are two ways to spread light, to be the candle or the mirror that reflects it. You can see if right now you're more reflective watching the candle, the campfire, the bonfire, or maybe you install this flame that's warm and safe and bright and glowing within your own body and being. Notice if you care to do that. Whether you're staring at your flame or it's within you, simply say thank you to it or you can bow to it or whatever feels right. For your body houses a spark, the sacred flame of your soul, And the world that sometimes is so dark needs your light right now. You can start to feel more into your body and feel your body if you're sitting like you're seated on a throne. And if you had a throne, what would that throne look like? What would it be made of? And just contemplate this for a few gentle belly breaths. Just pose the question and see what naturally arises from within. Would it be made of gold or wood or marble, feathers, rock? the most majestic throne that you would feel compelled to sit in. And as you sit right now, or if you're standing somewhere, just sense this throne and claim it as your own. That's my throne. If you're an artist, maybe you'll draw it later for yourself and put it near your bed or your altar, in your workspace. Then feel into your belly, deepening your belly breath, feel the belly, and now feel your spine vertical, nice and tall. And let the feeling of your spine usher you into the sensation of the rest of your body and its architecture. And take three present breaths, breathing your breath into your body, feeling all your appendages. So you just spend time with the sacred flame of your soul. Remember, you are the hero, the heroine of your life's story. That's not supposed to go like anyone else's who has come before you or who will ever at this moment of time-space reality come again. As the poet says, don't be satisfied with stories, how things have gone with others. Unfold your own myth. Live your life in your fullest power. Claim your throne. Feel the flame of your heart, which is the torch of your own sovereignty, and it will benefit the greater good. It surely will affirm and give permission for others to do the same. And all those who cross your path will be empowered and blessed. Thank you so much for exploring this chakra with me today. As I mentioned, I have three other episodes regarding chakras already dropped. One, an overview, which is like the nuts and bolts of the chakra system, and two others, one about the root chakra and one about the sacral chakra. 
There are four more still coming up. So it is not lost on me that you could be doing anything and you're with me listening here. Please share about this podcast with your people, your friends, your neighbors, colleagues, loved ones, anyone whom you think might benefit or enjoy them. I'd be so grateful. Have a beautiful day. Namaste. Thank you for taking these words in. I hope they ground, inform, and inspire you on your journey of the mystic path. If you like what you heard, please write me a review on whichever platform you are listening. Also, check out my exciting Patreon page at patreon.com slash modernmysticlove, where I offer all sorts of uplifting yoga classes, meditation classes, and other amazing offerings from my guests on this podcast to all my incredible supporters. Even folks who donate at the $5 a month level are so appreciated as every cent helps this busy mama of three. Or check out my website, modernmystic.love, where you can purchase yoga videos of all levels with me ranging from gentle yoga up through advanced asana and also meditation videos there. Keep on meeting the present moment where the magic lives, one breath at a time. Namaste.